This week's Incredulous installment will feature commentary from Comrades Scott, Joe, Janice, and myself. For news, we hit another milestone in ecological catastrophe. Dems talk a big game on antitrust and look the other way as Microsoft outright purchases its competition. Rideshare giants preemptively pump funding into the Prop 22 clone, cresting the horizon in Massachusetts. And we pull back the curtain on Boston DSA's priority picking process. I list some ways that you and your comrades can get involved in the mass and cast response. And Janice leads us to the domain of the house cat, the forbidden blender, which shan't ever be unboxed. The 300,000 people killed in Indonesia during the last 16 months are about 100,000 more than the total military casualties of all sides in Vietnam since 1960. In many cases, entire families were liquidated, but still there are thousands of widows like this young mother. Without trial, her husband and 300 other alleged communists were shot by the army and dumped into this mass grave. 50,000 in all were killed just on the romantic island of Bali. back the epoch baby is back baby (laughs) we're back (laughs) hava and i went to california so we took two week uh two week vacation from the show but folks we're back vacation we all need a vacation joe you need a vacation justin needs we all need vacation i just want nap time yeah we're we're back we got the with the with the, the original trio hava will be on in a little bit but joe run down the news baby so, chemical pollution has basically passed the safe limits for humanity. It is going to be slowly destroying all life on Earth. Microsoft makes the largest tech acquisition in decades in a rather eye-popping fashion because of the fact that they're making this acquisition all in cash. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Did they just show up to the fucking bank with, like, cash? It's, they, like, literally, like, backed up a fucking truck? <laughs> They are they're acquiring Activision in an all cash purchase. That's fucking insane. Wow. They are spending nearly seventy billion dollars in cash. Wow. They are paying a forty five percent premium. The same day this is announced. Hold on a second. Can you explain the forty five percent premium, please? So they were paying forty five percent more per share than Activision is actually worth. Oh, this is a oh. We loved you. We had fun playing your games, but R.I.P. Activism and Blizzard. This is a pump and dump, boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, this isn't a pump and dump. This is a trying to swallow up market share in like an arms race. It's a hostile takeover. So yeah. Pump and dump is when you masturbate and defecate at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you- pump and dump is like what GameStop was. GameStop still exists. <laughs> no, no, what, what, what happened with, like... Like, Toys R Us is the example, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. The same day they were going to pass antitrust laws or, t- or tighten them up, yes? Yeah, they, they announced that they are going to start tightening merger guidelines, which is what's happening with Microsoft. Mm. 
it's a good first test of like how committed they actually the administration actually is to antitrust. They should shove it to the gamers and just not allow it. <laughs> and also Uber, I mean not Uber, Lyft makes the largest one-time political donation in the state's history here in Massachusetts. They made a $13 million contribution to the ballot campaign for the Prop 22 clone ballot question that would allow Lyft and the other companies like it to continue treating their workers as independent Independent, contractors. Does this proposal have a name yet? Or do we have to keep calling it the Prop 22 clone? Uh, I don't think there's a name yet, but Lyft overall... They made a $13 million donation to December, part of $14.4 million that they've given so far. Ballot question campaign has so far raked in $17.8 million of contributions. And for perspective oh. of how much money that actually is, the right to repair ballot campaign last year cost $50.7 million, and it was the most expensive in the state's history. This fucking thing doesn't even have a name yet, and it's already at almost $18 million. It's a good sign. <sighs> Democracy, baby. It's only going to get worse because if California is any indication, because Lyft, Uber, Instacart, and DoorDash collectively spent $164 million on Prop 22 in California, a campaign that ultimately cost over $200 million two years ago. We are in January. We have like 10 months until Election Day, and this campaign has already raked in 18. Correct. Nothing wrong with capitalism. You know, no. the thing was just killing us all and grinding our will to live. Yeah, that, no. that thing. It's just fine. Mm. It's us that is broken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the system is fine. <laughs> Joe, did you want to go into detail with any of those stories? Because, like... All of them. All right, go, baby. Because I got my own deck of cards, bitch. Anyway, sorry. Sorry I said the word bitch. I will try to be a better man in 2022. Sorry, guys. I can say right off the bat, I liked that. And what I liked about it is maybe the most standout thing right off the bat is the thick, thick ass. Yeah. Anyways. What, Joe? I listened to the news Patreon episode and they swear about as much as we do. Actually, they swear more than we do. And one of the co-hosts tried to like have a swear jar for himself. I guess we're in good company. So about chemicals. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Headline in The Guardian this morning, I saw at the beginning of my shift at work today. Chemical pollution is past safe limits for humanity, says scientists. Study calls Mm. for cap on production and releases. Pollution threatens global ecosystems upon which life depends. So there are about 350,000 synthetic (sighs) chemicals, including pesticides, industrial compounds, and antibiotics, along with PCBs, that are now basically destroying the entire ecosystem. Human beings are a disease. Yeah. I have a colleague who, he has this very pragmatic thought process in a lot of ways. I mean, despite having horrible experiences with discrepancies between corporate responsibilities on paper and in practice. And for some reason, one thing that he's just not, like, I can't really get him to come around on is the fact that these, like, chemical manufacturers, like 3M, they'll factor in the cost of human and environmental devastation basically into their fixed costs because like they know that they're going to get lawsuits they know that they're going to have to settle things out of court and they know that when the shit hits the fan they're probably going to have to spend some money on environmental cleanup but like the opportunity cost yeah 
if there's any profit to be made in that endeavor, they will squeeze those profits out before they even yeah. consider, you know, not doing it. And as it stands right now, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but the the possibilities for capitalists during uh, the climate crisis are fucking endless. There'll be a whole lot of things to fucking commodify during the end of the world. Think about that. Fun stuff. So yeah, yeah. the study that is the subject of the article concludes that chemical pollution has crossed a, quote, planetary boundary, the point at which human-made changes to the Earth push it outside the stable environment of the last 10,000 years, and that chemical pollution threatens Earth's systems by damaging the biological and physical processes that underpin all life. For example, pesticides wipe out many non-target insects, which are fundamental to all ecosystems and therefore the provision of clean air, water, and food. Don't kill the fucking insects. Oh, man, that always bums me out when you find out it's like the fucking flea is important to the ecosystem in this way. And then it's like, oh, God. Everything is important like to the bees, ecosystem. Like bees are pieces of shit, sure. But like, oh, my God, they're so important. Come on, man. Mosquitoes are the deadliest animal on Earth, but... Mosquitoes are so, like, important to keeping, like, reptile populations down. Well, there are thousands of species of mosquito, so, like, you could theoretically just target a few species that are problematic in terms of being vectors for human disease. Yeah. But it's not like you're going to make that distinction when you hear something buzzing around your head. You're not going to be like, oh, (laughs) this uh, is an Aedes aegyptus mosquito. Uh, I'll let this one land on me and suck my tender juices. (laughs) <laughs> for the greater good for the greater good suck my tender juices for the greater good yep that's like a song lyric <laughs> okay. i was waiting for joe to keep talking about the fucking news suck man. my tender juices <laughs> oh my God. for the greater good i had a feeling it would go in that direction so i just kind of let it do its thing let it do its thing anyways suck my tender juices it. for the whole neighborhood this is the epoch of incredulity folks Find me online at no show. <laughs> so there was a lot of talk about this at my workplace this morning. Uh, everyone wanted to talk about it. Oh boy! Microsoft made the. Oh, so your workplace is full of dorks. All right. Yeah, kinda. That's fine. It's okay. No, mine too. The the the, the people I work with at work at my place of employment. Uh, we're talking about this quite a bit too today. So hey, everybody loves them. Everybody loves them video games. So, <laughs> but. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, all cash acquisition. They are buying this company. Acquisitions of this size almost never happen with all cash. Like, the fact that Microsoft has this much liquid capital on hand is kind of eye-popping. You have nearly $70,000 in liquidity that you could just dump. That just doesn't matter. What the hell was that? Oh, that was a coffee. Do you have like a fucking dreidel over there? <laughs> no, it's what just the hell? <laughs> okay, I get it. The fucking Wookiee from the goddamn uh, not Mandalorian fucking book of Boba Fett is from some comic book. Yes, that doesn't that doesn't explain why he's on the fucking show, dude. We don't need more. Anyways, go back to your fucking story. <laughs> it's an interesting tangent. I don't like that show. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, you made that abundantly clear. Yeah, that show sucks. <laughs> Keep going. It pains me to say that it's only okay. And I, I say that through, like, gritted teeth. Sucks. Go. Talk about news. <laughs> right. So, this is the largest all-cash acquisition on record, the biggest one Microsoft has ever done. And it is basically a scramble for market share as it tries to keep up with Sony and Ooh. Tencent, which is a... between. It's like Microsoft... 
Tencent and uh, Sony, the three biggest video game companies on the planet. Tencent is a Chinese company. In fact, actually, this deal caused Sony's share price to plunge like 9.5% today, which is not, not a great day for them, as Microsoft is now larger than Nintendo after today, and they are paying $95 a share, which is a 45% premium over Activision share price. Taken on its own, this is just, oh, another multinational corporation just getting bigger. It's not necessarily enough to warrant interest from, like, a market's perspective on its own. However, Mm -hmm. on the same morning that this was announced, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission and the U.S. Department of Justice's Antitrust Division put out a joint statement about its desire to rein in large mergers such as the one we're discussing right now. And the Biden administration has put up this, you know, big show of, like, talking all the time about how uh, great and how progressive these pro-antitrust types that they've been installing at, like... Pro-antitrust. Pro-anti, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, just, they're just trust types. Or anti-monopolistic uh, <laughs> lawyers. Oh at the FTC and the antitrust division of the DOJ. And they've been talking up this big game about how they want to break up the big monopolies. And this is the first real test of, like, the Biden administration's commitment to the idea of, like, antitrust, or at the very least, like, having even a minimally antagonistic relationship towards capital. Antagonistic. It's been a long day. The FTC chair, her concern is that uh, in in the statement that they made, quote, There is a need to prevent price rises and prevent companies from pushing wages down. Not wrong, but, like, I question whether or not the Biden administration will give a shit enough to, like, hold this merger up that long. I mean, it's going to get held up for a while, but, like, even the Trump administration held up a few mergers. I did? Yeah, but I think that uh, was... It held up a merger between uh, Sprint and T-Mobile that it eventually allowed to go through. I think that was related more to because so many members of the cabinet were personally invested in specific firms. Mm. Most likely. Which is not to say that anything has changed, but it could just be that the firms are different in this administration. Oh, yeah. I will say the one thing is that Blizzard, activism Blizzard, as a company, like there was a, there's a lot of like <laughs> activism blizzard. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyways, there's a lot of like it's there's a lot of like rampant sexism that's known to happen at that company. So there might be a silver lining that that might be like uh, squashed by this, but probably not. But probably not. He's getting a three hundred ninety million dollar payout from this. So okay, but Scott, Wait, so like that's gonna stop sex? Like what? But, but Scott. <laughs> He's essentially getting a golden parachute. Who the fuck is he? The CEO of, Act- of Activision. Uh, okay, Blizzard. okay. <laughs> He's going to get paid $390 million to walk away. Okay, cool. They were already, like, they already weren't doing anything about, like, the sexism and, like, abuse that was happening at the company. That's my point, is that, like, they're they're not really going to do yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm saying that owned by a different people, they might do something about it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What, Jesse? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh... Did you forget? I think I was going to say, but Scott, no more big boob. But it's too late now. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's no, too late. It's, it's true. Too, we're past, Warcraft, no more we're past the true. point in the conversation now. It, it it just sounds, now it just sounds, I'm just like a fucking infant. I'm, I'm sorry. You ruined it, dude. What? I'm sorry. Get out no, of they, here. They ruined it by making the boobs too small. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's because of them. Fuckers!
It's all their fault, dude. Talk about Lyft or whatever the shit. Oh yeah, so Lyft, which is already <laughs> it's already been discussed, but the one of the interesting things about the whole thing with Lyft that was reported in the Globe today is that one of the consulting firms hired by the pro Lyft Uber campaign is Conan Harrison Associates, which is a management consulting mm-hmm. firm run and founded by the husband of Iona Presley. That's very interesting. Also, all of the other major political consultant firms hired by the campaign for the Lyft Uber ballot question, they all have something in common. They all worked for the hospital associations four years ago to crush the nurses question. Hmm. What was the nurses question? Uh, it was about safe patient to uh, nurse ratio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ballot question would have set a hard limit of like no more than 15 patients per one nurse. Jesus Christ. I think it was a lot less than 15. Yeah, 15, like, was... that's a lot. No, 15 was like the absolute maximum that could have been a lot. No, I think it was three to one. <laughs> do you know how many, do you know like what nurses do? Like nurses like have to stay with the patient like most of the day. If they're seeing 15 patients, they're not doing their job properly. That's way too high of a number. I'm going to look this up. Like that's ridiculous if it was 15. Yeah, like, like, okay, I'm doing, okay, sure. Jesse, get some confirmation. Janice has joined the call. It was oh, fuck. at the <laughs> absolute, at the absolute most, it would have been six. It was a range of yeah, one to which six. Which is ridiculous also. Based on the, the nature of the patient. So like if somebody is under anesthesia, it's supposed to be a one to one limit, which makes sense because somebody's life is basically in your hands mm. whereas um like doctors see 15 people a day yeah whereas yeah. for for a psychiatric patient it was supposed to be five to one which makes sense because well i don't know i guess if you had five people that were all like under the same you know what this would be a fucking that would be a crazy movie if you had five <laughs> patients that were under the same shared they all had conversion disorder and they were convinced of the same conspiracy against the nurse. Then you right, maybe so would need more. That right. sounds like the best movie. <laughs> what, the fuck? what the fuck did we so just anyway, come up with? So anyway. I like that. I know, I like anyway. That. Okay, 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 anyway, okay. So the, so the, the question, it was question one, and it was between one and six. That's so not high, Not 15. Though. There was nothing that would have allowed 15. Do you guys know why nurses are critical and why the balance of nurses to patients to doctors needs to be just right? My sister told me that she's a nursing educator. Because they keep people alive? I mean, well, I think here's what it is. Clear cut there. Here's what it is. Nurses are there because they're basically getting paid to use their intuition. They are um, getting paid to... Yes connect with the patient on an emotional level and be like, something's not right, doctor. I don't know what it is, but you need to fucking figure it out. Like ask them some questions. And it's eerie. Like I have a roommate who's a nurse. I have another roommate who uh, is not a nurse, he's a DJ and a bartender, but he has the same like Myers-Briggs type. Sorry, I'm going to just, I'm going to keep this Myers-Briggs shit brief today, but he has the same Myers-Briggs type as most (laughs) nurses. And we did, we were doing a, a group, a group video interview with a possible housemate who was like a 21-year-old trans guy, miles and miles and miles away. And we were all like, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought he really liked us. Miles and miles and miles of Briggs. Ah! Uh, Yeah, he was like in Chicago. And we were all like, oh, I thought he really liked us. And 
was like, ah, I could see him getting a, when we were talking about some of the like sex party stuff, he made this face and I was like, what? And I messaged the guy and I was like, hey, you know, I should, we were not clear about the fact that we have sex parties here. And sometimes people will just be like fucking in the common spaces. And he was like, yeah, some of that stuff I wasn't really comfortable with. I didn't really say anything, but I think I'm going to, you know, live somewhere else. And I was like, oh, okay, good call. Like, just caught it. Joe, get back to it. I'm going to bleep out his name because I don't. Yeah. Yeah, please bleep out his name. Sorry. (laughs) I got to, I got to protect my, my homies here. Homies, homies. So the Massachusetts Health and Hospital Association spent $24.6 million in 2018, and that was at the time a record. The right to repair question cost $50.7 million last cycle. The campaign for the Prop 22 clone has already raked in $17.8 million. $14.4 million have already come from uh, Lyft. Instacart donated 1.2 million. DoorDash has put up 1.17 million. And Uber <sighs> has put up a million dollars already. We are 10 months away from the election. A campaign that doesn't even really have a name already got $18 million in funds. Also, several <sighs> large political consulting firms. Political consulting firms. <laughs> Love you, this bro. is only going to go downhill from here. I do still think it is very interesting that, like, Ayanna Press's husband That's is working fucked. for the Lyft campaign, and the <sighs> pro Lyft campaign has already paid his political consulting firm $43,300 since September. This is like domain squatting. Mm. Basically. Wait, Ayanna Presley's husband is like in favor of getting rid of all these labor laws so that Lyft drivers will never be able to be full time employees or whatever? Yeah. Yes, that's. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't want to call out anyone right now, but oh boy. Oh boy. Call them out. Nope. Call, call them by I mean, if you, just, if you just. <laughs> Please. If you I'll just want to put out. like I'll a cut minute it out of fucking bleep, like I don't no, no, know, no. dude. I'll I don't just... really. I... <laughs> Anyways. No, that was fun. It's fun to... That's what Kevin McLeod is for. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's great. We love you, Kevin! Should we uh, actually... Should we transfer... uh, Transfer, Jesus. Should we transition into the stuff with Wu and Mass and Cass? Yes. Wu and Mass and Cass. Uh, Joe said yes, so... I got Bindi in my lap, and she smells like Doritos. We got a cat in our laps. No, she smells like Fritos. Damn it, now it's Fritos. You know how cats have that good, like, corn chip smell? I thought they had no. the maple syrup what? smell. What? Our cats do not smell like corn syrup. No, they're... Son of a bitch, what? Squirrel <laughs> smells like maple syrup. Cats and dogs both sweat through their paws, and for some reason, the a lot of people say it smells like popcorn or uh, corn chips. Can't say my cats have ever smelled like corn chips. Shut bro. Joe? <laughs> Joe, have you ever smelled your cats? Have you ever picked up your cats and gone... Yes, I have, actually. We have, like, a special man on this show here. There's a lot of... truly, like, unique human in Joe here. Like, I just have to... (laughs) So it doesn't even awe of it, you know? There is no (laughs) person like Joe. My cats, their fur always smells like pancakes and syrup, but their paws smell like corn chips. Like, they just smell good. They smell good, and particular parts of their anatomy is associated with partic- <laughs> different good smells. I'm still nice. talking about this. 
I'm fucking losing it. What is still in my lap, yo. That's why. We're just going to talk about Bindi until she leaves. She's got We're away for two weeks and fucking come back and not skip. I'm just a fucking nose just snuggled into my elbow nook and she's purring. How can I ignore this? Joe is tired. Let's be nice to Joe. I was the one talking. Anyways. Okay, sorry. Just give me a moment. So Michelle Wu uh, already fucking lied. Anyways, um, basically there was a there was a sweep at Mass and Cast this weekend. Um, What the fuck was that, Joe? God damn it, Joe's in like an iron foundry. Coffee mug. Sorry, you have a loud coffee mug. Is that just you putting it down? Thanks for the answer. Anyway, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Can't so hear yeah, there you was over a the sweep. sound of his coffee mug. Yeah, it's a very loud coffee mug. There was a sweep at Mass and Cass, and Michelle Wu basically said that you know no one was forcibly removed, no one's property was thrown away, and the on the site on the ground reporting. There's video footage of the contrary. So it's just repeat of what we've seen over and over. The city failing to. Respond to a serious crisis and then uh, sweeping sweeping it and then... What question? I have moved on, motherfucker. I don't care about your stupid mug. (laughs) Uh, That was a long time ago, Joe. Scott was saying it's a repeat of the past and it's a repeat of the city fucking lying to everyone's faces. Yeah. About human lives. Mm Mm-hmm. And shit mm-hmm. that people don't understand and therefore don't relate to and therefore don't care about. Yeah, Janice put it so succinctly that the show decided to end itself. Um, yeah, that's basically <laughs> That's yeah, the last that's thing I heard. I hope it got all of the sentence that I said. Yeah. Scott yeah, made a good point. I was just translating for him. Well, these two fucking... What did we do? These <laughs> pensioners or whatever were off on their golf. I have no idea what they did. Uh, they looked at geology. Up. They were on a geology tour. There's guys they like hanging out in volcanoes. There's guys outside my building that are like killing each other right now. Oh shit! I'm not awesome. stuff for you. Whatever. Um, oh, live reporting. <laughs> it's Austin. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Fucking kill, just kill each other quietly. That's all I want. Austin Jesus. is like New York. Yeah. Um, so anyway, while while we were we had the little interim period, I read through the text of the proposal. This sweep actually happened between when we started writing the proposal and when we finished. So it was an extreme, an extremely timely response that we had, and uh, we had. A ton of is it te- what, what would you call it testimony support whatever testimonial advocacy yeah. a lot of people spoke about it in the general meeting so I think the combination of the timing the amount of people that were that authored the proposal and the amount of verbal support that we had in the GM I think combined gives us a pretty good shot at making this problem a problem for the entire chapter in a good way not like. You understand what I'm saying. It just sounds negative when I say make a problem. Oh, I'm amused either way. People aren't going to be able to stick their heads in the sand and say that nothing is happening on mass cast 
when their comrades have elected to prioritize a socialist response to that problem. So I feel like in this sense, we are actually doing the most, literally the most we can do in terms of organizing and mobilizing a response. Wait, I'm sorry, the vote's in? Huh? I just like, my brain crapped out. Are no. I, your brain I'm crapped not... out. Yeah, do you know when the polls close? The poll, the robot polls are open. Um, A the week after the GMs. All right, so... So, like, Sunday. So by the time this episode comes out, the polls will still be open. If you haven't put that in your number one priority slot, I would I would encourage you to do that. Um, Fucking do it. This is not an official BDSA channel. We can, like, yeah. whip this shit as hard as we want. All right, so then, yeah, Indeed. fucking do do it. Yeah. Or I'll yeah, not beat even up your grandma. Yeah, do, do it. it. <laughs> I don't want to beat up old people. I'll beat up your, your landlord. No, I won't. There you I'm go. scared. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could sink into my feelings towards the uh, landlord. Um, the fuck was it called? Landlord Transparency Project. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. No. It's. It's. Um. I should have, <laughs> but I didn't. In so many words, I don't understand because, like, it actually helps landlords um, continue to exist if we like yeah. hold them to a high standard and they actually like live up to that high standard. Like, housing justice isn't, like, better landlords. It's no landlord, so <laughs> work on that, guys. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a neat idea for, like, a website or an app, but, it, yeah. you know. The, my favorite thing about the annual priorities process I'm is only dick, in its, sorry. <laughs> second, it's only in its second year now in the Boston chapter. The name of the game is prioritization, and that is, like, how I live my life. Every day, every fucking second, like I'm prioritizing. I do it unconsciously now. So I just love to be like, okay, what's the best fit here for the resources we have and the need that there is? And we didn't even have to think about it for internal because there were only two, right? So that's default. They both passed. Yeah, that's true. I'm lazy, basically. <laughs> the reason I put gig worker number two, because like that is the more urgent priority at this point. Yeah, that's like, what I put for number two also. It's like, yeah, the labor priority is great, but like we have time. Yeah. We have a fucking working group. It has an OC. Like, our working group doesn't have an organizing committee. It's just us. Like, <laughs> we have Lyft dropping, like, $15 million in January. Well, I don't want to blow up everybody's spot that was in the MassCast priority chat, but... Blow it up. Blow it up. The conclusion that we kind of came to is that if we're going to throw all of our weight behind a single proposition... Blow it up. Blow it up. Like, it's literally hit or miss. You know what I mean? If we pour all yeah. these resources into a proposition that ends up failing... What the fuck do you do after that? I think even if you fail, you will still be helping like an inordinate amount of concrete human lives. I, I disagree, honestly. The the amount really? of people, yeah, the people that just fucking stopped caring after Bernie lost the primary, like, mm. like this is the first time that we've talked about the uh, nursing question, yeah. I think, since oh, we started the podcast. And it's like always a concern of mine, you know? But are you worried that like not enough people are going to like actually pitch in, sign up, do the work? Well, no, it's just that we have a priority. Once the vote is done, then 
we fucking move on. Like it's an electoral thing. You know what I mean? We already, like you guys said, we already have an electoral working group too. And people are going to sign up for electoral. They're going to campaign. They're going to canvas regardless of of whether or not they are. They don't have to commit. Involved in like the internals of it. That's not something that the DSA has the capital to swing one way or the other. Like the mass cast thing is a little bit different because we can organize with like ACT UP and these other neighborhood coalitions that can be there on the ground getting information from people. But when you're dealing with a nationwide conglomerate that is intentionally operating at a loss every year because they have monopolized the rideshare market like there's not a whole lot that we can do without being able to combat whatever advertising they're going to do people don't really give a shit about the political education one way or the other if while they're watching you know nbc or whatever every five minutes it's going to cut away to some propaganda about yeah prop 22 that's exactly why the nursing question failed so well it was it was really the mountains of hospital association money yeah but they paid nurses to lie yeah that's where the money went tv (laughs) yeah I'm going to push back on myself a little bit because, one, I was careless with my language, and two, my opinion is subjective, reflecting my experiences and my interpretation of political power. When we reflect on ballot campaigns in the recent past, we can deduce that it takes a lot of force to move the needle on a big ballot question. I can't say with 100% certainty, but I'm confident in my assessment that TV advertising plays a very important role in determining votes, that many prospective voters are first being introduced to ballot questions in the form of advertisements, that those advertisements are most often funded by corporations for the purpose of conditioning voters to serve corporate interests, and that members of the advertiser's target audience are necessarily more likely to vote than the general public. It was sloppy of me to say that nobody gives a shit about political education one way or the other. I think political education is a necessity, otherwise I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I also think that fighting the Prop 22 clone is necessary, but I would not opt to invest a big chunk of our DSA chapter's limited capital and volunteer capacity into competing with these pervasive ad campaigns. I believe that our energy and resources would be more effectively utilized on a municipal level where we can take advantage of our proximity to the crisis, or more accurately, to what is perceived as the location of the crisis. Because Mass and Cass is a microcosm of the larger scale contradictions of capital, and we have the opportunity to take collective action locally to develop a model which could be implemented in cities throughout the country. Taking this route, we can become intimately involved in a socialistic response to a problem perceived as locally devastating. I believe that immersing ourselves in class struggle, in the unabashed defense of our rights to housing, healthcare, and public infrastructure, we can have a proportionally greater impact on our environment. One could also argue the inverse, that Boston DSA recognizing its potential to influence politics statewide should throw its weight as to tip the scales on a Prop 22 clone, effectively protecting workers' rights throughout the entire state. And it seems noble and selfless enough to strive for this result, an objective win for the working class, despite, or perhaps because, the DSA's role would be unknown, either invisible or unquantifiable. 
Surely our efforts would not be entirely meaningless if the vote were to swing the other way, as we may be able to build some solidarity in the process of our opposition campaign. However, we can't coordinate the entire voting base no matter how much outreach we do, as evidenced by Joe Biden's Massachusetts victory in the Democratic primary. This very well may be an opinionated and selfish perspective, as I said before, because I am biased by the desire to understand the relationship between my praxis and the world around me. I truly don't know. I'm open to the argument that I'm overly cynical about electoralism and childishly focused on obtaining material evidence that my work matters. I'm also being kind of vague about what comes next because when we're not operating on the fixed timeline of election cycles, I don't know what comes next. Whatever it is, I hope it means that authorities are going to think twice before they bulldoze a row of tents. Jesse, can I ask you a question? Yes. What are like one to five concrete ways that people could plug into the mass and cast priority should it pass, which I think it probably will? Um, participate in the Narcan trainings. And if you yeah. can, get Narcan and give Narcan to other people who live in Boston. Yeah. Go to the go to your nearest pharmacy, fucking ask them for Narcan. They have to give it to you. You don't need a prescription. You can pay with your insurance. You can pay with cash. Uh, if you have mass health, you can get it for free. I went to a pharmacy and got two for free because I, ha- or maybe it was like three dollars because I have mass health. My roommate, my homie, who uh, is my bodyguard now, I talked homie. to him last night. <laughs> he lives in the room next to me. Homie. Uh, was telling me he's from Rockland. He's from Rockland. And he's seen so many people homie. die from opiates. Shut, Shut up, up, Scott. No. <laughs> <laughs> And he was talking like he was like I got an I got a Narcan in my bag I got a Narcan in my pocket he has fucking Narcan everywhere and that's where you should have it also because you could save a life and it's so fucking easy you just like put it in your hand and you squish it up their nose I mean it's more complicated than that you put you it in their hand and you squish it in their nose and then you, you know, should get oh, trained oh, oh, on oh. it next time yeah go to a training yeah next they time we're training we should we should talk they about usually it on the show. Free. we're always yeah. free. Yeah, the Boston Public Fuck Health Commission will come to your org Fuck for free. Shut up, Scott. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> the Boston Public Health Commission, go to their website. They will come to your organization and they will like do a training for you for free. It's free. Do it. It's so easy. It's a nice guy named, well, I mean, it's probably a bunch of guys, but we had a really nice guy <laughs> named, uh, I don't remember what his name is, but he was cool. <laughs> He was a nice guy, but I don't remember his name. All right, <laughs> Anybody I write can, down his name? You asked for five actions that people can do. I said one to five, but if you have five, that's great. Yeah. I don't know if I have five, but yeah. um, you got one to five. here's one. If you have a personal relationship with a, a journalist, use whatever ties you have to journalists. Spoil the fuck put pressure out. on them to make to write an article about this from an anti- include Hold my gunpoint. From an anti-carceral perspective, also use your own social media accounts to share the articles about this last sweep because there is video footage and pictures of people having their shit taken from them and their tents knocked over. There's some WBUR radio segments that have interviews with people on the ground. There actually is some pretty good local coverage about the discrepancy between, you know, the intended purpose and the effect on people who are choosing to continue to live outside because they have such 
bad experiences with social workers and state employees. We also need help with, uh, we need to get some microphones, like the little ones that you can plug into your phone, just so that when we record, we have something that's good enough quality to be used in whatever media ventures. Um, do you know how much those cost by any chance? I do not. That's okay. We, we had limited ourselves to like about 5k max. Hmm. That's how much um, the priority I participated in this year had. And I went over budget by $1,600 or something, and they didn't throw me out of the yard, so that was nice. Yeah, I think the late... <laughs> the labor one was like 10K, so it's... Yeah, we have money. Yeah, we're well within our means to do that. Let's see, what else? Mutual aid seed money. Um, If you also, if you want to write letters, make calls, and like join us if we have protest in person reach out to uh mental health at bostondsa.org and we can sub you to our mailing list mm -hmm. so that you'll get updates whenever we have demos <clears throat> i think there's one oh no a lot of this stuff we're going to need to do from within the org a lot of it's going to be networking with map sifma act up and the uh, american friends service committee so unless you're already in one of those orgs I don't know how you're... Or you really like to network, or you have experiences like an admin. I just really like to network. Oh, also... <laughs> the TV show. Do whatever you can. Maybe show up when there's hearings at the State House on Bill S-1277 and uh, H-2119. Again, that's S-1277 and H-2119. And where can people go, like I'm assuming on the internet, to figure out when that's going to be? And also where the courthouse is. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot we're, doing, we're in COVID times now. Um, da, da, do, do, do. They actually stream all their stuff now. Oh, okay. Boston, what is it? Hell yeah. Boston.gov? Yeah. Boston.gov. Is there a way for people to like still provide support in a manner equivalent to showing up in pre-COVID times? Yeah, sign up to give testimony when they have the hearings. Oh, okay. They'll put you on a list. I mean, I don't know if they'll get to you, but... Uh, do it anyway. Get on the list. Yeah. Put yourself get down out on there. the list. And yeah. also support, if you want to support safe injection sites... I think you, you uh, I don't like to use the word should, but I would advise you to. Um, there's three bills, S-1258, H-2088, or the alternative S-1272. Those are all options for safe injection sites. And we'll put all these numbers in the episode notes, right? Yeah, I mean, I went over it when I was reading through the shit. Oh. the shit. Definitely oppose S-1265. Fuck that one. 1265, don't keep it alive. Basically what that would do is it would... <laughs> like, as of right now, the default legal action for people who struggle with substance use disorders is not incarceration, but this would create a norm that's already been established in some parts of the state. It would extend it to Boston that rather than diversion programs or treatment, it would establish a default incarceration as like the first first uh, choice for whatever. My brain's not working. I was not intending on talking very much in this episode, so. Oh, fuck. Turns out you're uh, indispensable. Yeah, he loves, to <laughs> he loves to talk. We love him for it. I don't He's got good to shit to say. He's got good <laughs> shit to say. You should just like use a vocoder or 
one of those like voice changers next time if you don't want to hear just make it more con- inconvenient for yourself yeah <laughs> just like add extra steps use the for, screen for voice changer no i just if i don't <laughs> if i don't write out what i'm gonna say beforehand my brain is it's just not cut out to think and talk at the same time i can think and type but i can't think and talk Dude, Hava had the same problem. Hava had a really hard time thinking and talking at the same time, which is why she was usually so quiet. Whereas, yeah. like, Ellie could type through Hava when Hava was fronting. Ellie could talk to, Ellie could write HGO emails fronting. while Hava was, like, hanging out with Scott. Yeah, that's, like, the community term. You know? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it also the name of the sword from Beowulf? Like, front or hunting? I did one of those cognitive evaluations, like I got neurofeedback, and the result was that like I have very good problem solving and logic skills, but I'm slow, which sort of changed my conception of like, like you can be smart and slow, you know? Yeah, you totally can. I have an acquaintance who does all these cool fractal art things, and he knows all this shit about math and stuff, but like he has a really hard time functioning, and sometimes he'll just put on Facebook, which is like... He has like a very small amount of friends, but they're all like very close to him and provide him a lot of like material support, emotional support. And he'll have posts where he's just like slow today, very slow. Here are the five things that are hard for me right now. Yeah. He's very good at like expressing his needs. Yeah. You could just say you're you're having a slow today. I am. Having a slow. I did. I went to the otolaryngology floor at St. Elizabeth's to get evaluated. My hearing evaluated and talked to the ENT and it was like I learned a lot of things and none of it's useful information so I think I expended my mental and emotional capital on just getting through that I've seen a lot of ENTs and they all tell me a lot of bullshit because they don't know what's happening either psychiatry is kind of the same way sometimes yeah well consequently I see as, as, as now all of my providers are in the same network so I have officially conceded to the monopolization of my healthcare as well everything is, is great right? the system is not the problem it is us yep it is because we personally don't take res- personal responsibility and pull our boots up by our pants straps we have sinned against god yeah that's what, probably what it is we we pull up one pant at a time. Yes, one pant <laughs> at a time. <laughs> one single pant at a time. A, a single pant economy where one, one pant one is pant. equal to one pant. Has pants. Spent a lot travel. of time. Yeah, I've thought about this how, way too much. Yeah, pant to how pant funny the word ratio. pant is. <laughs> I thought the, the word pant is is like actually very funny. You have cracked the fuck up. I have watched you do this. I know. It's a bad word, pant. It's so funny. It's a funny-ass word, dog. It's like cheese, and uh, there's cheese a couple other funny. things that are... Yes, cheese is delicious. There's a bunch of things that are just inherently funny, like pants, pant, cheese. I forget. It's I'll think not inherently more. funny. Yes, it is. Shut up. All right. Pant. There is actually a psychology to what words sound funny, and it has to do with like pants, almost like literary irony. Oh, when a word has like a vowel sound, like a short vowel sound and a consonant that we're not expecting. Oh, it's like the contradiction to what what our brain perceives as normal language. It's like it triggers our something in our brain, and we're like, this is absurd and it sounds funny like if you show somebody a blob that has round edges 
and then you show somebody some spiky looking thing with oh yeah prickles and goo Alan a lot Watts. of acute angles it was prickles yeah. uh, and goo alan watts if you ask people like pretty much across linguistic spectrums to name one booba and one kiki they will choose booba for the one that's round and kiki for the one that's spiky yeah that's a good alan watts thing google it it's great i love alan watts he's the best he's the best he died 14 years before this body was created isn't wasn't he like also like a he quote unquote loved women which probably means he raped people Uh, trigger warning. Where? Yeah, I don't know. Storm, baby, storm. Burping. I also, I have to be honest. Like, I've been emotionally fucked up since I watched the act of killing. Uh, it's a movie, hell of a movie. Just like the the last like ten minutes of it are just so fucking emotionally unsettling. Uh, <laughs> now you can't like. Un- well, everyone should watch that movie. Good movie. Yeah, I, honestly, I recommend it highly. You're gonna probably have to deal with the reality that like there have been genocides against communists specifically. Yeah, bro. Well, and Chinese people. So mm. yeah, just don't label yourself, friends. Just don't say I am a blank. Like, I have stopped saying I am Jewish. I'm going to just start saying that I sometimes I do Judaism. I mean, you could say I am Jewish and... Con- sometimes my 23 and me says... I don't no. condone this. You label yourself as whatever you want. Identify however you want. Yeah, okay, so- yeah, yeah. Accept the consequences and understand that some of them may get you killed. Sometimes I just walk backwards into doing some Judaism. Sorry, guys. Yep. Oh, I did yeah. some Judaism again. Damn I it. Accidentally... Oh, shit. Oh, I did some Judaism on the floor. Oh, man. I was trying to get some Fritos, and I ended up in the synagogue again. God damn it. Oh, uh, fuck. Just hate when that happens. Oy vey. I was actually doing, I was doing some Judaism earlier because I was reading this wonderful uh, 1980-something Time Life book called Wizards and Witches that my dear housemate uh, and best friend left in our space when he moved out. And I was like doing a commentary on this one part. Like, do you want me to read it? Yeah, fuck it. It's about Satan. In the book, they're talking about, like, the Christian beliefs of the Middle Ages, and it says, Hovering at the end... This is a section on, like, order and chaos and shit. And it says, Hovering at the end of the great chain... This is the book, not me. Hovering at the end of the great chain, opposite God was Satan, the great adversary, with his hierarchies of demons. He was the implacable enemy of order, the embodiment of discord, destruction, and darkness. And I wrote in capital, sparkly orange letters, No! Satan is always the adversary, literally from the Hebrew, I forget what the word is, but it sounds like Satan, but is employed in the service of Yorhevave, which is the uh, Hebrew god. Gabura in the hand of Chesed, which is a fucking tree of life reference. I'm not going to explain that. Chaos is not, quote, the implacable enemy of order. It is its adversary, yes, but it is its adversary it is its partner. It is its complement. Order is not so exalted as to be exempt from the fundamental dualism that allows the universe to both exist and function. Do you know what that's called? Uh, it's called uh, Midrash. It's called a dialectic. Yeah. If you get into Jewish mysticism or any mysticism at all, you find that the dialectic is at the center of all of it. Bam. Yeah. Nothing can exist in a vacuum. Everything exists only as a consequence of its relationship to something else. Literally. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs>
Okay. It's, it's right. doing a Judaism with, with Jeff. That's not going to be a new segment. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't want to do that every time. No. Uh, yeah. So, like, today is actually the official day that the Vax mandate goes in effect in the city of Boston. But, and, and with, you know, and her, like, it seems to be that the, the trends are starting to trend down slightly. But this is for all but the first responders who have been protesting the, the uh, mandate. They get a week to get vaxxed. They have until the 25th uh, or they are put on leave. So it's the exact opposite attitude you want to have. Yeah. LOL. Yes. People who are doing the most harm to public health. <laughs> have the most leniency. Yeah, it's insane. We're not taking this uh, this uh, whole pandemic very seriously as a country. I mean, did we ever? No, no. And another thing, tying it into the pandemic and the mandates and whatever and what the fuck. It's Carly's notifications. Oh. Hi, Carly. Um, I think she's. I think she's asleep. Oh, it's cute. She like stretch out across the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back Anyways, to back uh, to mandates. Well, no, uh, we were all in our houses for a couple, almost a year. Some of us were at least because of the pandemic, and we were getting unemployment insurance. And now Massachusetts is looking for like some some ridiculous like seven or so billion dollars in 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 uh, what they say is overpaid unemployment. Don't quote me on that figure, but it's in the billions, and they're looking for people to pay it back, which is ridiculous, because that was the money that people depended on to survive during the fucking pandemic. Let's, you eat that. That's the money that you eat as the state. I have the number right in front of me. It's $2.7 Okay, I knew there was a seven in there. But anyways, that is the money that the state has to eat to provide for the people who live there, the inhabitants of the state. So fuck off. All right? <laughs> It's difficult to overstate how fucked up it is. Essentially, what the state has done is they've given billions of dollars in unemployment aid. They've given money to people, and now they're essentially calling backseas. Yes. On money that people spent on, like, the things that they require in order to, like, survive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that also the same for, you know, student loans? Don't get me started on student loans. Don't get them started. Oh, shit. Fuck. We got him started. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> too much. He's going to start yelling about student loans. We're going to. No, it's just like. It's and like also, the, it's like all, for all you all, fucking all conspiracy theorists, today is the day that 5G is implemented to nationwide. It's the day everybody's going to explode. My blood, it's boiling. Oh, no. I got my booster, so. Like, the airlines are pushing back because the signals. 5G can fuck up airplane navigation, and that's bad, because we don't want planes crashing. No, it's because the billionaires, when they fly in on their jets, they don't want to be controlled by the 5G. Yeah, they don't want their blood to boil, like mine is right now. My blood's boiling, and I I, I keep thinking, like, oh, I gotta be woke. I gotta vote for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, no. is actually human, and not some kind of lizard. Doc, did you see the picture from New Year's? Of course he's human. Only a fucking human would think, like, that's cool to dress like that. Okay? <laughs> Ever since they deployed 5G, I've had this, like, unrelenting tendency to want to defend Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah. All of his yeah. economic ventures. Like, I, I, I just, whenever somebody says a bad word, I just have this impulse to say, no, he's a philanthropist. Yeah. 
And I think that might be... I find myself soft-pedaling uh, eugenics. It's, it's interesting. Since since 5G, it was weird. turned off. It feels off. weird. It's weird. <laughs> well, Scott, I don't really think that was the 5G so much as that's just the Democratic Party just being like, this has gone on too long. This COVID yeah, no, stuff it's is also explicitly Bill Gates. Like, you know. I literally had a conversation with someone last weekend, and they literally said... Literally. It's been too long. I don't care about the unvaccinated or the sick. It's been too long. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. Those people are fucked. Those people, uh, they're fucked. I don't know. You know? Also, if you don't have a kid right now, like, and you're really, like, on edge about kids have to be in school right now and, like, they can't do remote learning, you're a fucking weirdo, bro. Speaking okay? of kids, <laughs> the COVID pandemic has created 150,000 orphans. And they're probably all going to be forced to go to school. Yep. In person. So, yeah, we're a terrible country. Anyways. This is actually pretty, pretty bleak. So in Boston, we have the in-person school mandate now. But because there's not a, a good testing and vaccine apparatus for educators, the policy is to leave all the windows open. So they're sending yeah, out bulletins to parents to, like, double and triple layer their kids with winter coats and extra pairs of socks Ugh. while they're in the classroom. Yeah. So so if they don't die of COVID, they die of like fucking thermia. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing great. It's literally just the killing fields. It's no man's land on the Western Front, but we're ju- you're just going to die one way or the other. It's a matter of when, not if. That's that was really upsetting. But that's also, I mean, that's hell of a return, true. folks. That's also true regardless of what literally anything else, unless you drink the the blood of the youth or whatever. Like Peter Steele, yeah, yeah. want to do like an ellie style like here i'm gonna fucking guide you through this article that you could read yourself this one has like a lot of good sections and pictures and it's a just it's just something that could happen at jesse and carlene's place and also my cousin's place (laughs) i sent her the article as well oh man oh my god yeah three cats have outmaneuvered their two humans to hold a blender hostage for weeks that fucking rules that photo is beautiful. These cats are my favorite animals ever to exist. No, it's true. There is a problem. People Just who don't own multiple cats might not know this, but if you have anything that's tall enough for them to jump onto, unless you have one for every cat in the house, it <laughs> creates this like very unstable <laughs> dynamic where every cat needs to be like physically located the highest yeah. in the in the apartment. Yeah. No. They're all, like, vying to be on the throne. I have a photograph from, like, three to five years ago of the two remaining cats at my old house sitting on a box that has, like, the exact same dimensions of this box that has their, you know, their blender in it. And it's, like, perfect because they're not even just, like, lounging. They're just perched right next to each other. They're like, "We, we must both be on this box. It is very important. It is. It's the only thing Squirrel gets spicy about when somebody's on her little, I don't even know what I would call it. It's a cat tree, but it's just one segment. It's a cylinder and she needs to be on it. She'll go for Bindi's neck. Like Bindi makes this horrible noise because she knows she's going to get fucking attacked if she goes up there. <laughs> cats, cats are, they're just wonderful creatures. They're amazing. Yeah. I've never had a more fulfilling emotional experience in my life than being a cat dad. <laughs> Ah, uh, so what? They just sat on the fucking package, and then like they can't 
open it? Like oh they- no, it's like a it's like a whole saga. Like they sat, they have three cats. The cats rotated out, completely preventing them from opening this blender. Like twenty four. Have they ever heard of moving their fucking cat? No, you can't move a cat. It's going to go back to where it went. Yeah, but you can still move the cat, open the box, and then like... No, the the problem that they... There's three of them. The problem that they they express in the article is that... Then put them in a different room. They can't permanently move the cats, but they can like rotate which one gets to stay on the pedestal. (laughs) I mean, that's how it goes, dude. You clearly have never had this many cats living with you. There's no... No, I have. People do not... Dude, people don't own cats. Cats own their humans yeah okay fine. i think that's why conservatives but, get so freaked out about cats because they don't fucking i wouldn't obey say that cats every... own their humans is that like humans and cats just kind of like operate in free association with like the cats tolerating the presence of the humans that's true actually cats yeah. did domesticate themselves that way history lesson yeah, they did. it's true uh when when humans developed agriculture cats noticed that Grain stores drew mice, and the cats realized that they could just hang out and eat mice, and the humans tolerated them, so they tolerated the humans in turn. But I have a question, okay? Are these indoor cats? It looks like it. Then why don't they just take the fucking box outside, open it there, and then put like take the item out, and then close the box, and then put the box back inside, and then just have the item? Like, I don't understand. You can't. You can't just simply... You can't just Move walk the into the yeah. yeah. One doesn't just simply walk to the gates of Mordor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, what you do is you buy decoy boxes. I think that's what they did. Yeah, that's right? the only way that you can do it. You have to give each cat their own blender and then wait <laughs> so have until to, so the one problem, of them chooses a decoy. So the problem yeah. is just not planning ahead. Yeah. They okay. just didn't have a sufficient quantity of blenders ahead of time. Yeah, they didn't. Or you didn't food. they didn't open the fucking box outside. Well maybe they like live in, in the an car. apartment and they can't I Well don't then know. just do it right outside the front door. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just By by the time they knew what was happening. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And thus, and thus, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, this is great. Fucking stupid humans. It's so awesome. We should probably link this article in the show notes because it's hilarious. And they get really, they get really in depth on the cat's individual names (laughs) uh, and personalities. And actually, my favorite, favorite thing is that one of these cats is named George Destroyer of Worlds. And the cat kills their owner. Because my cat quote unquote my cat at my old house his full name is oh, Alistair von Skeetington the third the destroyer it's too long you freaks with your long cat names well there's people are naming cat. their cats no. after an Oppenheimer quote yep wow that's the 21st century baby 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 the future wait what do you mean you freaks <laughs> I'm normal is what I mean. I have four cats and combined their names are seven syllables. No. Yeah, no, your cats' names are normal. Total. Your cats' names are normal and cute. No, no, they're not. I don't know. I guess they're they're not normal. They're short, I guess, is what Scott probably means. They're brief. They're unique to each pet. They're not. They're not like human names. I didn't name my cat. Yeah, human th- it's like calling yeah. a cat like like Al or George. It's like what? Yeah, no, Fred, Harry, and Steve. You know, I actually <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's so adorable. I, kinda, I like when cats have people names. I, I hate it really... so much. 
Yeah, I don't like name it after people that name it after people that like are from like ancient times. Yeah, you have cool to name it after names. like a dictator. Actually, when we got what? no, <laughs> yes, I already made Scott agree to uh, when we have inevitably get a cat. Oh, inevitably, the cat's name is going to be <laughs> Doctor Orpheus. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and we'll just inevitably. call him Orpheus. He'll be black. Yeah. Okay. Well, I found a black cat. Anyways, uh, yeah, cats rule. Humans drool. But That's the title of the episode. And just uh-huh. hear you dying inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all true, baby. There it is. My name is Scott. Same as Scott. Yeah. You can fucking find me online at Sweaty Wife on all the popular social medias. And, like, sometimes I make music. Maybe I will again. I don't know yet. I'm trying to write more. I'm a fucking loser. Sorry. We'll collab, dude. We'll make something together. Collab? Ugh. Yeah, yeah. or we right, will. Fuck you, too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, eat shit. Dude, I don't want to do it dude, anymore. Dude, dude. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm depressed now. Anyway, no. Uh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. Joseph yeah. Tired. Joe, you got to say, hi, depressed. I'm Joe. <laughs> I'm Joe, and I have to go to bed, like, about now, actually. About now? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right about now. The well, Joe I should get up at, now. like, 5.20 right in the now. morning for work. should go to bed right about the now. Best Joe, brother. The sleep Joe, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JLD95, or whatever the 96. fuck. 96. 97. 96. JLD96 at Facebook.com. No, J- <laughs> <laughs> Go find me on MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> that's good, dude. Do you, do you actually have a MySpace? No, who didn't? I, I'm not nearly oh, old enough for that. You weren't even like born when MySpace. I, I was like, I was in elementary. MySpace was 2000 through 2001. Yeah, he was four. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I'm not even old enough to have been in school. For that, it was Friendster. I didn't start school until like 2003. Was so. I the only one who had a Friendster? Yes. I have yeah, friends. I like a vampirefreaks.com. Oh, yes. I don't oh, I know I a few people journal. who are on. I had a live journal and a dead journal. And I knew a few people who were on Vampire Freaks. Oh, yeah. I think the last oh. time I posted in my live journal was like 2011. Scary recently. I wrote a private entry about the night that uh, Lydia never integrated because it was heavy. Never had a Tumblr. Though. Heavy shit. Yeah, I never ever had a Tumblr. Oh wait, I yeah, I did. RSS feed. Oh no, I had I had a Tumblr that I wrote about the Oscars like twice, and then I was like, I'm not doing this. I only ever used Tumblr for porn. Yeah, baby. It was pretty good for that. Can I talk about who I am now? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool, yeah. Ever since Lydia, like, spooched her so way better. back into my consciousness, so I talk a lot more. I'm very rude. Uh, yeah, I have all Jesus these kids that Ellie had. I don't know. I like Honestly, it. Honestly, I like funny. it. You don't deal with it all day, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I deal with morons and Pfizer all day. It's close enough. Oh, Scott's been getting lots of text messages in a row. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'm Janice. I'm Janice. It's called growing up with my mom few... and text messages. The Fung Soul Brother. Check it out now. Yes. So who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on this podcast. What the fuck? You... <laughs> I'm going to play the fucking Darmok clip no. again. No, don't Dude, do you it. I promise you wouldn't. I wouldn't. i break up with you. But you got to go. <laughs> Didn't you? Did you explain who you were? Where we can find you? 
I'm Janice. I'm right here. If you want a psychic reading, Thank you. Uh, that's that's really weird. Go to readingsbykava.com. That's C H A V A dot com. And I have a quick question. Yes. Do you have a description of how your readings work on your website? Yes, I do. It's okay, good. Detailed. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. He's Jesse. And I'm Jesse. Mm-hmm. Making this. You're just sucking the life out of my vibe right now, Scott. You gotta be my. You gotta be my hype man. Oh, he's Jesse. Yeah. He's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> he's making the fucking he's making the fucking make money money make money he's money making the money <laughs> oh that just keeps going oh i know how do i stop that okay there we go <laughs> Uh, kill them all. And you can find my music. Kill them all. Soundcloud.com slash contingents Boston C O N T I N G N C E Boston. I haven't updated the Comrade Rosie site in too long, so <laughs> go there if you want, but you're not it'll be old. You won't be happy. Yeah, join be Boston sad. DSA and do work with us. Yeah, That's join the working do. group if you want to fucking do maintenance on that website. Yeah. Um I do have a slam That's recommendation. Oh baby. I don't remember if it's like it sounds like it was written in another country, but I have a feeling it does. It's been so long. It's been so long. It's been so- oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the slam recommendation of the week is. He always does it. It's an album entitled. Proud to build the insidious catastrophe by human parasite. I'm proud to build the insidious catastrophe. Human beings are a disease. <laughs> Can we call this uh, Slam Around the World with Comrade Jesse? Yeah, slam Around the World. <laughs> I, I oh, did not fun. know that would affect Joe so much. Jeez. <laughs> Yo, go to bed. <laughs> They're from France, I guess. Oh, France. France. Speaking of France, there was actually a general strike yesterday. Speaking of France. Cool. cool. Why don't you bring it up during the news? <laughs> That happens like every other day. I forgot about it right? until now. Oh. People be chucking them in the bathtubs and stuff. Oh, right. I'm supposed to say something. Right. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I was I was eating my soup. Uh, get that soup. Yeah, go to comrade-rosie.org. Get involved with some local mutual aid. Join GSA. You know, work yeah, with we're that. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's getting harder to say like mean, sarcastic shit about the chapter now. Ha ha ha! My work here is done. What did you do? Tarn- tarnation. I don't know. Oh, okay. Witch tricks. I yeah, witch tricks. we're on Patreon at Epic Incredulity. You can find us on most social medias at Epic Incredulity, including Twitter, Instagram, Clapper, TikTok. We're on Facebook. We have a YouTube. 
can get into all of it, uh, but go to our Patreon, Epic Incredulity, for the bonus material before it hits the main feed a couple days. Boner material. The boner material. It'll get, it's especially horny on the Patreon. Before it gets fully erect. Get your nipples licked. Get your nipples touched. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just let him go. It's it's adorable. Because every you. week we say. But tank though. There's no video of President Trump <laughs> sucking a ding dong. Why the fuck is it Alex Jones? And so what if there was? Chipping in on Batango, baby, Batango. shut up. <laughs> you begged me to do it! Okay. Batankdo. Batankdo. That's your epoch. It's getting late. Joe needs to go to bed. Sleep it oh, it's going to be itch. a shit show, but it will be an interesting shit show. Lay your weary head into yeah. your comfy bed. Mm-hmm. It is actually Remember sleep it off, baby. I don't know if I have like a sleeping room. Oh, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> right in my fucking ear. God. That's a violent way to go to sleep. When Joe falls asleep on his feet. And falls Just body slam your bedroom door. It'll knock you out. <laughs> it's kind of like taking propofol, I guess. Hysterical, uh, yeah. Uh, it's sort of a roll of the dice. I mean, concussion, maybe. <laughs> concussion, maybe. Concussional, optional. How much head trauma can you take? That's a good question, actually. I can't say that I have an answer. I always That's true. Wait, wait, wait. We gotta give Carrie a fart. Uh, he, he, no, no, he told us like we had... one, yeah. one good one. Give, like, lay on that fart button. I don't think Scott can just, like, push the button. It doesn't make it longer. Do it. No. Can you turn it you up? Can't. I did. It's all the way. It's as loud as it can go. <laughs> It's either one fart or like a fart. And the show. <laughs> I just I was like gonna say there is no middle ground. I'll but clip there it is. in post. I'll put it like all the way. Fucking. <laughs>